All right, good evening, church. Keep the love going. That's what this is, that's what we're built upon here. I'm so excited to see so many smiling and happy faces tonight. But the tone of the evening has already been set. We've been hearing about the love of God through communion. We've been hearing about what freedom means. That God has this personal connection, that you guys are here for a reason. And you are. God loves us. He has something in store for tonight. And I just get to be the vessel a part of it. So I'm excited to see how God's going to move in this building tonight. I feel the Holy Spirit here. So let's just, some of it's going to be a little hard hitting to us. Tonight's going to be coming at us, but it's for a purpose and a reason. So I'm excited to be here. It's a blessing to see you all. I hope you all had a, a wonderful Valentine's Day, very romantic. If you were single, I hope you had a very relaxing single awareness day. Either way, you're in a great mood, so I love being up here. Keep the tomatoes at the end, and then chuck them if it's a bad message. But it's just fun to be going through a new book, the book of Malachi. And if you guys happen to not be with us on a regular basis on Wednesdays, this is what it's all about. We have roundtables, we have discussion, we have fellowship, so you really get to know the person next to you, whether you want to or not. But it's a lot of fun, and we get to break up and go into these groups and dig deep verse by verse through the Bible. And we just got done with Corinthians, and now we're going through an amazing short book called Malachi. And Jeremy did a great job setting the tone of what the book looks like, but now we're going to start digging in to what the themes truly mean. But before I get into tonight's Text, I got a very tough theological question that I need you guys' help with. And, I mean, it, it's, been, it's been rattling my brain. I didn't know how to ask it of you guys, but I figured I just needed to come out and say it. And you guys just got to be honest. Who here likes leftovers? That's a tough question. I, I, I expected all these hands to go, that's a pretty good amount. Most people like leftovers, right? I happen to be one of the people that don't like leftovers. <laughs> I know, right? As a chef, I know what go happens to the food. I know all this stuff. We're going to get into that, but... <laughs> right? There's temperatures, all these things you have to follow. But I like leftovers on these big holidays that people look forward to, this big, huge feast, like Easter and Thanksgiving, Christmas and my birthday. Of course, that's pretty important. But what happens at that time are the people plan these meals and they buy the best ingredients. They come together as a family or friends. They pour all this time and effort into what they're making. So this can be a night to remember. And what we have here is going and taking these wonderful things of food and putting them in Tupperware, packing them away. And the only reason I like these big holidays is because there's a little bit more food, a little more tender love and care. And I don't mind popping those up and eating them the next day. Still has that great flavor. 
we're using that too much. We're doing leftovers as a convenience way too often. And around that third or fourth day that you open up that stuffing or that cranberry sauce and, and you take a smell of that awful stuff, when you open it up, your lettuce, and you start to smell like, well, oh, it's turning brown. Some food gets a little slimy. I mean, you're just reheating and killing it. It's losing its value. And on that third or fourth day, it's making you sick, and you don't want to see it for the, another year. That's leftovers. There's someone else besides myself that hates leftovers, and that's God. What we're going to be going through in the book of Malachi is talking about giving. And tonight's message, instead of giving God leftovers, we need to start giving him this main course that he truly deserves and needs. So what we're going through, we have Malachi who is this messenger of God. And he is pretty much this moderator moving forward. And there's this debate going on between an all-powerful God and these priests from Israel. And here's Malachi speaking to his priests on behalf of God. And he has some choice words for them. So if you guys can stand, I'd love for you guys to stand with me and open up your Bibles to Malachi chapter 1. We're going to go just through verse 6. It says, The Lord of heaven's armies says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful for this chance to come together that we can laugh and talk, but at the same time be surrounded by your Holy Spirit. That this message lights a fire under some of us so we can get pumped up, so we can get excited for what church is, for who you are, God. Just be in this building tonight and with us always. It's your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. So, us as a pastoral staff isn't smart enough to plan this out. Only God can do it. But somehow we have our Sunday sermon series multiplied, intermixing with what we're going through, Malachi, of this whole philosophy of what giving is. And God's in control of that, and he wants to show us where some of us has been falling short, where others have been succeeding beyond some, but now we have to find a way to balance that and get everyone on the same page. And in Malachi, when I study, when I go through these things, it's important for me to paint a picture in my head. And I want you guys on the same page as me. I don't want you to think this message is about last year's Thanksgiving dinner. I want you guys to start picturing who is saying this to Malachi. I want you to get a picture of who God is and how powerful he truly is. And with that, I'm going to go to the, start off in the Isaiah, and it will be up on the screens as well. In chapter 40, I'm going to start in verse 12. 
This is God. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? I'm going to throw a monkey wrench and go away from that a little bit. In verse 22, God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent for them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. And the part that I love, have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. That is our God, the real deal. That is the one who is now speaking through Malachi to these priests. But I want us to get on the same level as these priests because we fall into the same temptations and the same traps that they are. So as we go through scripture tonight, I want you to follow along as if Malachi is speaking to us. So here he is talking about Where is the honor and respect I deserve? God is our Father. We are His children. He deserves nothing but the absolute best from us. And it continues on from where I left off. You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? There's a second part to that scripture. So he's talking to the priests, and the priests are kind of caught off guard saying, what, where did I go wrong? What have we been doing so wrong? I thought we were doing exactly what you wanted to. In verse 7, we go on, you have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices says, you defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals the sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So what these priests are doing was their everyday job. They would stand at the temple and people would bring these sacrifices so they could honor God. So they're kind of caught off guard when they're hearing Malachi says this. We're giving the animals. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're going through the actions of what we do every single day. What's suddenly going differently? And the thing that's going differently is that they started to take for granted who God is and how powerful he is. See, what these people were doing, we're starting to bring these crippled, gross, jacked-up animals and offering them to God. That's definitely not the best. God deserves so much more than a one-legged chicken or a one-eyed goat. God deserves so much more. And these, these priests were just letting this happen because they were saying, well, Uh, I appreciate you guys bringing this animal. Um, Yeah, it's a little messed up, but 
You know, you don't really have a place for it. You're probably playing a lot in feed. Just go ahead and do it. We got to keep the fires burning anyways. Uh, don't worry about, you wouldn't want to feed that to your family. That, that's the gross sheep. Just go ahead. We need it anyways, so we'll go ahead and burn it and get rid of it. Everyone wins. They win. They're doing their job. The people win because they're making their sacrifices. Everyone wins except for God because now God's getting these leftovers that they don't even want to serve their family, that they're offering these far less things that God needs so much more from. He should be getting the most beautiful animals, the perfect animals. And unfortunately, we have to go to the book of Leviticus, the most interesting book in the Bible, <laughs> to understand where this comes from. So we get to paint the picture even more in Leviticus chapter 22, verse 20. It says what we are supposed to be offering them back then. It says, do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or is a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may have no defect of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, a scabs. Such animals must never be offered on altar as special gifts to the Lord. The priests were accepting not the second best, not even the third best. They were accepting these awful things, things that they wouldn't even give to their families, things that were actually worthless to them, that they could not use, they could not trade with because it was damaged, and yet that is what they're putting on the altar for God to show the respect for our Heavenly Father. This is where the problem starts happening for us and for them, that we start, like I said, we fall in line with those priests, or we start giving things to God half-heartedly, not of importance, our convenience, things that we don't want anything to do with, and God deserves so much more. And I remember this story, I want to stay on this, this food trend, um, like you guys know, I love the holidays, and I heard this story about Thanksgiving a couple years ago, and there was this woman, I think I even have a, a picture of the awesome lady, <laughs> right? That's from like 1970. Um, so Butterball has this amazing hotline around Thanksgiving time that you can call in and ask questions, you know, how long is it going to take to cook my turkey? How do I baste the turkey? What's a turkey? What am I going to do for this meal? <laughs> and so this lady calls in to this hotline and gets a hold of the Butterball representative. And this Butterball representative says, how can I help you? And she says, well, I have a question for you. I have this turkey, and it's been in my freezer for 23 years. I'm trying to clean out some space. We're going to be moving soon. I had this extra freezer, but I have it. Can I cook it? And the lady answering the call was like, oh, man. Um, well, you know, 
she has to set her ground rules so she didn't get in trouble. Like, if your freezer was below freezing for 23 years, go nuts, you can cook it. But, just so you know, that after 23 years of sitting in an ice-cold freezer, the flavor is probably deteriorated. That it's not going to be edible, it's going to taste awful, and it will probably ruin your Thanksgiving if you're basing it off of that. And the woman goes, oh, okay, you know, I thought so. That's all right, I'm just going to give it to my church so they can use it. <laughs> See, this, unfortunately, is a great idea of giving to the church, but, but we got to draw the line somewhere. God doesn't want your 23-year-old frozen turkey left on his altar. God wants you your absolute best because he created you for a reason. That you have these gifts and you're sitting here tonight for a reason because you know that it's time that if you've been holding back is to throw out the turkey and start giving yourself forward a little bit more. It's time to stop giving the second or third best and it's time to find out if we have been doing that in fact. And Jeremy did an amazing job closing with this table talk last week, and I thought it was so good that we needed to revisit it. Because whether you guys knew it or not, that was your homework for the week. If you felt like your life wasn't living the way of your worship. So I want to go around the table and see where you guys are at, to see what you guys have been offering. This is not to see who gets to be put up on a pedestal. This is not bragging rights. This is talking with your brothers and sisters in Christ, the scene where you guys are, to cheer each other on, to back each other up. And some of you are plugged into ministries where you can actually let them know what you are doing. So I'd like us to go and take about five to seven minutes. Have you been giving God your leftovers? What can you do to give a little more to God? And the question from last week, is your way of life, your way of worship, does your way of worship equal your way of life. And the reason I wanted to go back to that question is because I sat at a table over there with some amazing couples last week. And it felt like I was still dragging behind some of them for what they were actually doing, serving, and giving-wise. So it was kind of a reality check for me to make, try to make myself better this next week. So go ahead and talk. Get to know each other. Don't talk about Thanksgiving horror stories, but... Talk and get open. Don't be afraid to actually share. Go ahead and come back together. Close up that last thought. So like I was saying, it's important for us to remember who we're dealing with. We have that powerful God, our powerful God, then there's us. And what happens if we continue to offer these leftovers, these things that don't mean that much to us? What happens if we continue to not give everything that we can, that God totally deserves. In verse 9, as we continue on in our text, it says, Go ahead, 
beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? As the Lord of heaven's armies. And in verse 10, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. I'm not here to call us all out. Because I'll tell you, I'm the first one to stand up here and say that God would have shut the doors in my face because I wasn't giving all that I could to God. And I'm not saying, this isn't a message about asking you for all your money. It's not about that. This is about offering your time. This is about using your gifts that God has given you. This is what it means to roll up our sleeves and start serving alongside each other. When we give our absolute best, to God, when we give the main course that we're supposed to instead of these awful, tasteless leftovers. I used to just be a seat in one of these chairs here and at the Boys and Girls Club. I didn't give God the time of day. And some of this is maybe what sound familiar. Normally after work, going home, and I would spend an hour or two scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and then towards the end of the night, getting ready for bed, I'd say, well, I have about five minutes to give to God and start to pray and fall off to sleep. That I would be so tired from work that even coming into church, I didn't want to start doing anything else. I'd give it half of a job. I would half study to be with the kids. I wouldn't be giving it my all and I'm not cheating not only myself, but the kids, and I'm cheating God for what I'm supposed to be giving to them. God's given us these gifts. He's given us the chance, the energy. He will refuel us. He will be there for us. He will take care of the rest once we start putting our feet forward and giving to God what he deserves. We just have to give him the chance first and stop doing this half stuff. Shutting the temple doors really hits home. And then he says in verse 11, but my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world they offer sweet incense and pure offering in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, said the Lord of heaven's armies. This is our chance. He is great among all nations. He's not just great in one place. He's great for everybody. And this is our chance to start glorifying his name. This is our chance to put our fingerprint, our footprint in this world of being this godly character, being what God destined you to be and start moving forward. In verse 12, I'm going to close out the scripture with this. But you dishonor my name with your actions by bringing contemptible food and you saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord and you turn up your noses at my commands, said the Lord of heaven's armies. Think of it. 
Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these? Ask the Lord. Giving God what we don't really need isn't giving to God. Giving time when you have nothing but time and doing it as an afterthought isn't serving God. Going, if you have a great income, if you make $4,000 a month and you go and throw a couple quarters or say, I'll get you next week, God, that's not the way that we get a chance to give back and honor God. There's so many things that we can do together when we band together, when we start to step up and out. I'm amazed of how many amazing servants we have here at Journey. It blows my mind that we can make church happen because of the volunteers, that there are so many that are going forward and doing this job as a church, living life as a church and going out and doing this wonderful message that God has given for us. They have given so much to God. It blows my mind. It makes me want to be like the people that have done everything correctly for so long and I continue to fall short. But seeing that there is an outcome, seeing that there are people that actually are able to do this because they believe in what God can do. They believe that once they get tired or weary, they believe when they're in the lowest of the incomes that God is going to bring that up. Their God is going to bring them out because they're giving whatever they can at that moment and knowing that they're giving it to a God that can take care of the rest. The problem with these priests that we're reading about in Malachi is that they put themselves on cruise control that life just became life. That they decided to go through the actions of day in and day out, okay, a sacrifice, okay, weird animal, okay, something else. We do the same thing. And it takes scripture like this to hit us between the eyes so we realize that I found out I, I have room for improvement. There are things that I need to pick up, I need to give more, I need to put myself out there more. I totally get it. I know when we fall behind because I'm one of the main culprits, and I'm fine admitting that, but now it's my time to actually act on it. And that's the application for today, that when we start noticing that we have been falling short, when we are half full, when we're giving these leftovers to God, and he says, close the door because I don't need it anymore. Get the garbage away from me. It's time that we start giving fully to God. Not just money, but ourselves. That we start serving and all these ministries. You heard beforehand, we need some help in other ministries. I didn't know that announcement was going to be happening. That's God moving forward knowing that this message is something that somebody needs to hear. That a church is a big family. And this is our chance to serve together, to grow together, and give back to the person that deserves our absolute best instead of half full and quarter full. So I ask you guys tonight, if you're short on time, make God first. Start off your day with God. Pray, devotional, just talk to him. Read. It is our chance to connect 
with God. If you're low on funds and you want to be giving to the church, you pray about that, that God's going to take whatever you're available to do. There was a woman in the Bible that just gave two coins. That's all she had, and Jesus said, that's amazing. It does not matter what you make. If you're giving with a full heart and with love, that's what God loves. That's what he's excited about. So as we move forward, as we go into this next season, as we go through this multiplied series and learn from different Malachi because it's all about giving each week, kind of check in. Ask God where you're lacking, where we could step up. That's something I've started to do every day, asking God, where are my holes? Where do I need to fill them? It's all about meeting God. It's all about that vision of remembering the powerful God that we get to serve and live under. That's who we're sacrificing to. That's who we're giving to because he loved us so much that he sacrificed his one and only son for us. That's his offering for us. And yet we're giving Tupperwares full of nonsense. Let's start coming together. Let's start giving to God what he deserves. And I want to close with this scripture in Romans. Just to hit it home. It says, Romans 12, verse 11, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. God's going to be there for us. God's going to take care of the rest, but we need to start moving forward. We need to start understanding who he is, how powerful he is, and why he deserves it. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this evening that you give us these tough scriptures so we can see where we're falling behind. And it's so important to remember, last week we talked about how you loved us so much. It's that love that carries it through. We heard in communion, God, that you just want to be close with us. You want us to succeed. You want us to glorify you. You want us to be in your presence. And you deserve the best because you are the Father. You are the Master. We are your children, Lord. That the prayers that are going to go up tonight, we just ask you for covering. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to see where we can improve because we just want to be right in your eyes, Lord. We thank you for your grace, your love, and how powerful you are. Throughout this whole book of Malachi, we just want to be blown away of what you're able to do with what we can give you, Lord. So I thank you for our hearts. I thank you for our minds, bodies, and souls. It's your powerful and glorious name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Thank you, guys. A lot of fun being up here. We'll see you on Sunday for part two of Multiplied.